Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight are John and Liam. How are you going, John? I'm good. I'm good. Work's busy, but when is it not? Um, yeah, glad to be here. And how are you, Liam? Yeah, good. Managed to dodge the plague for another week, so can't complain. <laughs> uh, you and me both, then. I suppose that's the only thing I can say there, I was going to make a comment there, mention your mate Pedro, but we won't bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's an off-air conversation, everyone, I just brought on here. So, yeah, we'll let you try and figure way out what that's all about. But, yeah, we'll just, um, before we start the podcast properly, can I just ask everyone who's listening, if you haven't already, please pause the podcast, go and hit subscribe on this, on the Celtic Down Under podcast. We really appreciate that. Then come back and listen, of course, because... Kind of makes it worthwhile for us anyway, and I hope you enjoy the show. Now, we'll get straight into it. So, first topic, rumours of a British Super League. This is off the back of the European Super League that has gone a massive uh, implosion, not going to happen. So, rumours are Celtic and Rangers would be invited down to join an 18-team Premier League and or Super League. Um, for me... I'm not a massive fan of that um, for a few reasons which we will discuss. But, yeah, if, if we're um, talking about it, I'm not a massive massive fan. I don't know what your your take on it is, but for me, I'd rather stay in Scotland. What are you thinking, John? I, um, I have mixed feelings about this proposal. Um, in, in, in the same way uh, that the Super League... It was inevitable. It was. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah, it might not have. This might not have happened in this iteration, but it's going to happen. There's going to be a super. There's going to be a European Super League in some form. Um. It, yeah, and I understand that it's getting stale. I understand that's. I mean, part of the criticism that I have of a lot of like um, fans of English football is um, they're quite entitled and they expect everything. And and but part of that is probably boredom. They're kind of sick of watching or having a Brighton versus Sheffield Wednesday and they'd rather just be game. So I understand it, right? It's going to happen. I think for me, it completely comes down to uh, how it would work, the structure of it. So there are some, you know, absolute lines in the sand that I would not like. Um, I It has to be competitive. I think everyone across Europe agrees that any type of Super League, across, across Borders League, has to be competitive. So no closed off boys clubs right that wasn't a pedro joke sorry that was um, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> what i mean what i mean is you you, you have to if so can rangers wanted to be in it if man united liverpool you know the big you know man man city all the big teams if they wanted to be in it they would have to have earned that that right right so you could do it in such a way which is you know the, the season of 2020 and 2023 
it had to be you had to be in the top 10 of the Premier League English Premier League you have to be top 4 of the Scottish Premier League right and then those are the only teams that get through and there's a relegation and there's a promotion of both different um, pyramid schemes so it, there's so many different things that if they had it all worked out and it was all right, then I would say, yes, okay, fair enough. That makes a lot of sense. A domestic Champions League rather than, you know, just having the European matches whenever you qualify. Um, but yeah, so in principle, no, I'm not against it, but um, it would it would have to come, we'd have to really, it can't be reactionary. We have to really think about how it works for me. And what's your take on it, Liam? Um, well, there's a few different things to consider here. First of all, all these bloody Braveheart bellends on Twitter who think that it's a political thing, it's completely unconnected. There's been talk for years of Holland and Belgium merging their leagues. There's been talk of numerous Atlantic leagues over the years. Saying that you're for a British league does not mean you are for the political entity that is the UK. Let's just break those apart right now. Agreed. Right, because you're going to have, no doubt there will be politicians who will try and use it for capital. I mean, David Cameron, back in 2014, hinted at the idea of a British league if Scotland voted no. But like numerous other things that were promised, it never materialised after the, after the no vote. Um, so let's just put that to bed right away. Um, I think any solution to this long term that involves Celtic and Rangers going to England has to include all of Scottish football. Agreed, 100%. Um, I've had dialogue this week with fans of different clubs in England. Uh, West Ham, um, Sheffield United, um, Aston Villa, a few different teams in England. And some of them have been like, oh, well, let's just invite Celtic and Rangers and just get rid of that that, that um, group of six. Fuck them. And I said, yeah, but you're expecting Celtic and Rangers to just do to Scotland exactly what you are hauling them over the coals for doing to you. Complete and utter fucking hubris. You know? And I think that's why it has to be a solution that works for everybody. Right? No... Um, nobody abandoning anybody else. All or none. I agree with you 100% and, there, Liam. Just to yeah. jump in quickly because that what you just said there ties into one of the options that I've heard in the media this week. But for me, I agree with you. I, I've said it as well. If we're going to leave, we're no better than those top six teams in England that we're going to leave for the European Super League. So why... Why are we judging them if we're going to do the dirty on the teams up here? So either it's all or, all in like the same way it is in Wales or it's none. But then you've got Alex McLeish's idea of instead of us and Rangers putting Colts teams in, in the lower tiers, our top our first teams actually go and play in this British league and then you bring our Colts teams into play or reserve teams into play in Scotland. To me... That's what I wanted to tie into what you were just saying there. To me, that's absolutely fucking disgraceful of an idea because mm. why are we saying that our reserves are better than Hibs, Aberdeen, their first teams? Like That's disrespectful to them, their clubs, their fans, and above all else, the general 
footballing community in Scotland. Absolutely. Yep. And that's the right word, disrespect. Because it is, it, that's, that's all it is. I, I, again, I, I think we've all, we think we've spoken about this in the past. Um, I have no objections to an idea of Colts. I have no objection to a reserve league, whatever, to give um, our youth proper game time and actually have competitive matches. Um, but I would, I think it's Spanish, the Spanish, the Spanish leagues that do that, where they have cult teams, but then they cannot get promoted further than a certain level. So they start in the bottom levels, and I, I think I don't know before they're equivalent to a championship or whatever. They can't they can't get any higher than that. I'd be okay with that. I'd be absolutely fine with that. But to to put not only is it disrespectful to put Celtic or Rangers Colts into Scottish Premiership, it would ha- it would have there'd be no incentive whatsoever for um, for Celtic or anybody to get promoted or relegated. There'd be no there'd be no competitiveness because why why would you be bothered if um, your Colts were winning. They're never going to get promoted into the into the British Super League. It, they would always have to remain in the Scottish Premiership. So it just it's just a it's just completely it's it's just it just washes away that system, and and the histories of Hibs and Hearts and Aberdeen and even going back like Highland derbies, you know, Rush County and, and Cali Thistle and stuff. Those are that's the sort of stuff that I want in Scottish football, and I'm really I really subscribe to that. Um, the guy who tried to rejuvenate French football, forget the guy's name, the PSG chairman or whatever it was, um, who said it's all about entertainment. It's about heroes and villains. And that's what, that's the stuff you want. That's why, that's why the English leagues want Serik and Rangers. So why would they not want all the other stuff, all the other teams that have that as well? You've got to give them the opportunity to get into the, the British Super League. And then you have to make it competitive by having relegations and promotions. Hi, I mean, if if you're going to make the case that Celtic and Rangers could stand alongside the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal and Man United, right? Then, by the same token, surely Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts could easily stand alongside the likes of Bournemouth, Norwich, Burnley. Yep. You know? Uh, And that's, that's where this will all ultimately fall down. It's these smaller English teams that are getting, at the moment, a bigger slice of the pie than the size of club that they are probably deserves. And they don't want to give it up. Because for every Hibs or Hearts that wants to try and get into the English Premier League, a Burnley or a Bournemouth is going to have to ship out. Mm. And that's where you've got a problem there. That's where it'll fall down. Because the bigger teams in England have wanted Celtic and Rangers for years. The problem is, it's always been a case of what do we do with the rest of the Scottish teams? And what do we do with these smaller English clubs who are actually right to argue because they, on merit, they've earned their place in the Premier League as it stands. So why should Celtic and Rangers just be parachuted in? Why shouldn't they have to fight their way up from like the, the National League or whatever it is? You know, I can understand both sides of the argument there. Yeah. A lot, that's what a lot of English fans have said. Start from the bottom. And I, yeah. I, can't, disagree, I can't argue with that too much, to be honest. I agree with him on no. that as well. But another option, something else I was thinking about of then, if they want to, instead of having a British Super League, if we want to spin this idea, make a little left turn, end up over down you know, sideways avenue over there, why don't we combine the two League Cups in? Not the Scottish Cup, 
or the FA Cup, but the two League Cups, if they really want to do something like this together, do that as a starting point. Because most of the teams in England, their League Cup, they just play the kids in their reserves. They don't really take it serious, a lot of the Premier League clubs there. You're trying to tell me an Aberdeen wouldn't have a fair income crack at the League Cup if it included English teams in that if they were playing against Bournemouth or if they were playing against Blackburn Rovers, do you really think Aberdeen would be scared of them? I actually reckon Aberdeen could give both those teams a good of a kick in. So there's a bit of an idea. That's a good idea. I quite like that. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, yeah. Instead of having have your two leagues and then you'd have, and even if it may, maybe not, it doesn't have to be combined in the League Cups, but you'd have another cup. You'd have the Brit, oh, the British Cup. That sounds horrible, but whatever. That you know, whatever you wanted to do, and you could even have like tables of, you know, in the same sort of way that the Champions League built up, and then a knockouts. Yeah, that sounds great. I'd just do that. You know, you could even bring in the Welsh and Irish teams as well. Call it like yep. I don't know the the Anglo Celtic Cup or something. You know, yeah, something like that. Combine it, replace the League Cup, or do it that way, and off you go. And at the end of the day. We're talking too much sense here. What's this all about? Yeah, well, here, I know. Here's a kicker, though. See if you wanted to make it really serious and make the English teams take it seriously. Put a Champions League place up for the winners. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And that's and and I I think that's more um I think that's more much more likely to happen. I actually one of my hesitations with the British League, right, is I still subscribe to the idea of that cross Atlantic league that was chucked about where you would have um, big teams in smaller leagues having their own domestic, like their own European league alongside their own domestic leagues at the same sort of time. And that way, as far as like TV deals and all that stuff goes, you would have these big leagues, the Italian, the French, the Spanish, the English, as well as the Atlantic one. And and you could, and the German, and then you'd sell them, sort of together as like this new pack. That to me makes far, far more sense than joining the Premier League and basically, let's be honest, it destroys Scottish football. It would just disappear. And the thing is as well, for for the English Premier League, for, for every game that's like, you know, Liverpool, Man United, the, 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 there's a Burnley and West Brom. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I, I agree with what you're saying there, John. I would much rather watch Celtic play week in, week out against teams like Rosenberg, Ajax, Ajax yeah. Spartak Moscow, Olympia, Galatasaray. Galatasaray. Aye. Teams that are all monetarily about our level, which means that in the fullness of time, teams that we could compete with. Yep. We're going um, to see a lot more cross-border you know. leagues. Though. Let's be honest. Like Realistically, if you go and look at it at the moment, the Belgium-Netherlands league that are joining together, it's going to be 18 teams. It's going to go from, in terms of revenue and everything, it's going to go from being two of the smaller leagues, like in that five, uh, six through to ten range, to being the sixth, the fifth or sixth biggest in terms of TV revenue. The French league is going to be on, on about an even level with that in terms of TV money. Hmm. And do you think that's going to be a more competitive league of football across all 18 teams? Absolutely. And yeah. it's going to be promotion and relegation from both leagues into that and out from the second divisions in each competi- in each country. So that makes perfect sense. Like if you were to take a cup, three good teams from Sweden, two or three from Norway, 
few from Denmark. You're not going to get your Netherlands or your Belgium teams. They're gone now for that new league. But if you had the Scottish teams, you had the guys from the Republic of Ireland in there as well. Like a talk, you could get a good 16-team league across the board. And then you know how you have, like down in England, you have the playoffs for that that promotion spot out of the championship. You could do that where the winners of all the second divisions play off and the and play like a group stage again, and then they go up and the top three or four come in and the bottom three drop out. So you could do it that way. I don't know. It's just yep. chucking shit at the wall and seeing what sticks at the moment. But yeah, there's some thing is, logi- logistically, it actually makes more sense as well because with with the cost of flights being as cheap as they are these days, it's actually easier, faster, and probably cheaper to go to Trondheim than it is to go to London in some cases now. Mm. Imagine for, a, for, a, for a smaller Scottish team. You know. Imagine us if we're playing away against Shamrock Rovers. Imagine. Who's going to look like the home That'd team there? All our, yeah. all support, our supporter base <laughs> over there, they won't have to travel far. It's the same. Uh, if you've got to go to Norway, it's only a couple of hour flight. It's going to take less time to get there than it would to go for an away day down in Bournemouth or Southampton. You can get a ferry to Norway from Scotland. Yeah. And they're good fun, by the way. I've done it. A lot of drinking. <laughs> I actually watched a documentary about that. There was, I think, was it, was it East Stirling? have actually got a Norwegian supporters club that go and see wow. them two, two or three times a year. There's a group of Norwegian guys. I think it's East Stirling. They actually go and support them. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, you know, I, I'm I'm going to be dead honest, right? I My biggest worry about this British league is I don't trust our board to say no. No. And I, and I think they will, I think they'll sell quite a lot of our values as fans and, and what identifies us as Celtic fans, which is quite distinct. And they'll just, they'll do it for monetary reasons. And they'll do it and they'll say it's in our best interest. But I would rather stay what we are with the identity that we have than to sell our soul and, and move away in just, just for money. We'd become a tourist team again. Not again, sorry. We'd become a tourist team much like other English teams have. I tell you, if that, if that happened, I'd, I, would, I would just become a full-time J-League fan. I'd, I'd be done with it. I, yeah. I wouldn't want to follow that because that, Celtic, that Celtic that we all love would be dead. Yeah. It wouldn't. Yeah. It, would, it wouldn't exist anymore. Really. All I have to say yeah. to the Celtic board, if anyone from there ever listened to this, is look at that marketing slogan that you used a few years ago. It was inside the collar of our shirts. We're a club like no other. Don't fuck it up. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Aye. All right. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops. Yep. Watch this space, I suppose. But yeah. Let's go with the League Cup option as a starting point. That sounds like a good idea. It's got the Celtic down yeah. under thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> officially endorsed. Officially endorsed <laughs> by Celtic down under. <laughs> All right. So the next few topics we'll just combine. There's been some player movement or potential rumours. So we'll, I'll just say one thing and I'll get you guys to just bounce off at what your first thoughts are on it and then we'll go to the next topic, okay? So Patrick Klamala... New York Red Bulls, $3.5 million up front with add-ons that could bring the total transfer fee to £5 million. Pound. See you later, Polish Paddy. What do you reckon, John? Um, it's a shame. Don't think the boy was given any chance, really. Um, uh, and it's good that we got a money back plus. I hope he does well in America. But, yeah, I think there, I think there was a rough diamond there. Again, one of these failed Celtic strikers. 
But yeah, it's a shame. Good luck to him. What do you reckon, Liam? Yeah, I think we've got another Timo Puki scenario there. A guy who didn't do it with us, but is going to go somewhere else and be a star. And good luck to him. Yep. Yeah, um, always, always gave his all in the few times he did play. And, and uh, young. He's, he's not, he's, you know, he's still got a lot of developing to go. Absolutely. I wish him all the best. And fr- good bit of business getting our money back on yeah. him and more. The thing that frustrates me the most out of it all, though, is that I've said it on numerous ones. I thought he could have been our Solskjaer in terms of being that guy off the bench. But the thing that hurt him is a lot of people you see online, oh, good riddance, he only scored four goals in 27 appearances or blah, blah, blah. How many of them were starts? Let's yeah. be honest here. <laughs> he started, I think it was six games or eight games. That's it. Mm. So take them out. He had 20 games off the bench and he still managed to score four goals. So, the it was day, off the bench late. It yeah. was never, he never got half an hour. He never got 20 minutes. He got 15, 10 minutes at best. It was a sub to waste time with five minutes to go. There was a couple of them late last season as well. So, yeah, it's, um, since we're talking about that transfer window, they'll off, go straight into the another player we signed in the same window. Apparently, Ismail Osoro is being monitored by Spurs. True or bollocks? Probably true, but it doesn't really mean anything. I think lots of teams watch lots of people. It doesn't really mean anything. Sorry's well, <laughs> if Tottenham came in for him, honestly, and they and they offered stupid money, we'd all be idiots to say, why would we take that? But that's not happening. Spurs just know there's a good player there and he's monitoring his uh, <laughs> career at Celtic. So not bothered Spurs- by that. Spurs will see the potential. They'll see that he's not getting a regular start at Celtic and they'll come in with an insulting offer of probably about one and a half to two million. That's probably true. And then our instinct would be to tell them to shove it, whereas the Celtic board might actually consider that. Oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be mental. Soros going to start every game, I reckon, next year. Especially once Bruni's away. He's our our Kante going into next season. Same sort of... As we said early on in one of the podcasts, he's he's got a mix of the Claude Makaleles and then Golo Kante about him the way he plays, and he just needs a run of games. But the guy's a, a baller. Keep him. Yeah. Tell Spurs to. I think him. he is. He is our Makaleli. That's the type. That's the type of football player he is. And and you know, I think that he's going to have a good career at Celtic. Why would you sell him now? I think, and I also don't think Spurs are going to be the only team that are watching him. Either. Yeah. Fingers crossed the board don't make a cante of it. Hey. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> so another <sighs> one that we've had is apparently Celtic have put in a four million pound bid for Hajduk Splits nineteen year old Croatian centre back Mario Vuskovic. And the offer was knocked back. Could he be Ayer's long term replacement? Now, before I throw to you guys, I had a look at him on the usual YouTube checks that everyone does. He looks decent to me. He looks the usual Balkan centre-back, a bit of a hard bastard. But he's got some ball-playing ability. So I actually think four million. They said no. Fair enough. If we got him for five, six million, I'd happily pay it. He's 19, lock him in, knowing that we sell Ayer. We're going to get probably... You know, 10 million, 12 million, maybe something like that. 
So, yeah, good bit of business in my opinion. I don't know if you guys have looked into this at all. Nope, no idea who the player is. Um, and I don't think he's going to be a replacement for Ayer. I think we need another centre-back. We have need, we need another three centre-backs. Is he Jose's just, replacement he, then? Yeah, exactly. Or is he Duffy's when Duffy fucks off? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's we just need centre-backs. And so pay the fucking money. Pay the fucking money. It's a million, but it's a million more. Just pay it. And I've said this before on other podcasts, five million does not get you the, the type of player that sometimes Celtic fans expect. Nowadays, in today's market, that's seven to nine million. So five million is still cheap. Just pay the money. I'm fed up with the board doing that bullshit. What do you reckon, Liam? Hey, Liam's dropped out. If you oh, want to say. <laughs> oh, it's just he's, he's, didn't like the question, Jared. <laughs> oh, he's on a Pedro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> we'll keep that joke off air, yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So we'll jump on to the next one then, which is Barkas is being linked with a return back to AEK Athens on loan. What are your yeah. thoughts, John? Um, I I'm hesitant here because I think I think Barkas um has had a really really bad season. But it would be ex- extremely reactionary of us just to um, just to pan it and say we'll send them back. I think this is a bit of an old story that's sort of just recurring back through the media sort of thing because I think this, or at least maybe um, AEK have um, come back and said you know we'll, we'll pay a bit more or whatever. Um, but I, I, I think Barkas deserves another chance to be honest, um, unless he's spat the dummy and he wants away. So yeah, I don't I don't think it's right for him to leave after one bad season when every fucking player has had a bad season at Celtic. So I don't think it's right. He should stick around and fight for his place and then we'll see him next year. Before we go anywhere else, Liam, welcome back from your extremely quick piss break. Yeah, sorry, I don't know what happened there. I've <laughs> uh, um, just decided to throw a fit. Um, uh, the question was, Barkas is linked with a return to AEK Athens. What are your thoughts? No, I think there's a good keeper in there. I think if we can get get out of all this COVID shit and get back to normal and let the guy acclimatise properly, um, get him English lessons um, mm. if that's what's needed. Get him counselling if that's what's needed, if he's having genuine homesickness or whatever, and help the guy to adapt because I, I think there's a keeper there. He just needs to have the confidence because the thing is, it's very easy to blame a goalkeeper but apart from one goal against Rangers where he was a bit slow to move, I can't actually think of a goal where I can say straight up that was a Barkas blunder. Right, oh, there's been a few flaps in there. I but I, I, there's no one goal I can think of where you can say, "Oh shit!" You know, he he's made a complete arse of that there. Mm. But you can do that. You know, for Bain. It, you can it, do it doesn't that inspire hazard. confidence. Yeah, yeah. but. I think that's more down to the fact we've not had a stable defence all season. See how good he is when he's got two proper established centre-backs in front of him that have played 10, 10 or 12 games together yep. in a row and then make the judgement. And there's another element as well, which is a lot of professional football players enjoy the spectacle. They want, they need, they actually need the energy from fans. Now, I, I don't know if that applies to goalies, but I can't, I can't see why it shouldn't. 
Um, so maybe Barkas just enjoys. He, he needs. He needs to be playing in front of fans and and hearing the noise, and and that increases his concentration. I think Edward's got the same problem, to be honest, but and Christie as well, but. Especially, I mean, Greek football has some of the most volatile fans around, so I, that that would make a lot of sense, actually, now that I think about it. They keep you on edge. But the thing for me as well, I'm just going to throw it in there, you guys have both touched on it, is that, yeah, it's been tough for him. Like, if he goes back to, to Greece, he's an international goalkeeper. They know, The fans over there will be back eventually and they'll be on top of him. And the sharpness of being a goalkeeper with a crowd right behind you We'll get him switched back on. But the thing for me is he's moved countries in the middle of a pandemic to somewhere where he doesn't speak the language and doesn't have a teammate there who speaks the language. Like, mm-hmm. on the human element of it, I can understand that along with what's going on with the whole team having sucked for the majority of the season. So I still think there's, to use what you said, Liam, there's a keeper there. I had to because it was wonderful, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's um, he's, I think he's worth sticking around, and I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on him. We spent a lot of money on him, we scouted him for a lot of years, and yeah, once his fans back, let's see, watch this space, I suppose, and see when there's a new manager in, we'll see what they uh, what they think of him. Do they want to keep him and give him another crack, or do they just want to cut their losses, get rid of him, and bring someone else in like most managers do? But I'd keep yep. him. I would. Yeah. Yeah, that particular keeper is not our Achilles heel. <laughs> uh, no, but I wish I had a boo I, button. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> one final point on that, though. I would say that if Celtic are smart, they should go out and sign another Greek player to help bed him in. Yeah. Greek football's good. It's not yep. like you can get a bad player there, but. Yeah, plenty of good. Sir. Doesn't necessarily need to be a guy who's going to start every week, but just somebody who's around the around the training ground and around the dressing room. We said that earlier um, in the year. Like, go get a go get a centre back from over there. They got that tends to be a lot of good Greek defenders. Whether it's a centre back or someone who's going to play in the line in the team near him. If you get a Greek midfielder, they're going to have to be yelling through a defence to talk to him on the pitch or whatever. So get a Greek centre back to play with him. Off you go. Could imagine. Imagine a big mental Greek centre back and Julian. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Somebody in the mould of who was that one that used to play for the Huns? Kyrgyakos. Oh yeah, he, I don't he, know he, if I... he was decent. I know he's not. I know he's not a Greek. He's a Swede. But if you could find the Greek version of Daniel Mustarovic, I'd be all for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Hard bastard <laughs> who just looks at you like he's going to break your leg. Yeah. Uh, or a Greek <laughs> Bobo Baldi even. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You need a menace yeah, to it, play alongside the, the school player. Do you know, it wouldn't need to be a centre-back. It, it could be a, a full-back as well. Because yeah. we're dire needs of them as well. So. Sounds like we need to sign a fucking Minotaur. Alright, so... We're going to take the bull by the horns. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic is in the papers today. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle it off. It was in the Scottish Sun, so you can this pretty much is absolute rubbish. Ninety nine point eight percent of what they put in there is absolute garbage. 
But journalistic syphilis. Yeah. There you go. It's even better. Aya has been linked with Norwich if they get promoted to the EPL. Your thoughts? Shite. <laughs> Absolute shite. Yep. That's my thought. I've, I've got two words for that. Shite. <laughs> and the other word? Shite. Shite. <laughs> I've got one for you, and it's a pun on the uh, Norwich manager's name. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. don't know. Very Australian. Google. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think he's – why would he go to Norwich? And the talk was an £8 million. I'm like, turn it up, get your hand off it. It's it's worth more than £8 million, and even if he only has one year left on his deal. And why would you go to Norwich when you're being linked with clubs like, you know – Milan. Milan and that sort of stuff. Like, no no chance. If he's going to go to a – Norwich is a Diddy team. Nobody wants to watch Norwich. Why would he go there? All I have to say is look at what happened to Gary Hooper. Don't follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Go If you're going to go anywhere, if you're going to go to a, a middle tier, well, not even middle tier, like they're in the Champions League spots now, but if you get, it's going to go to an EPL club, you got apparently Newcastle's looking at him as well. Why would you do that? If you're going to go anywhere, go sign for like, – I refuse to call him the rat anymore. Go sign for Rogers at Leicester. We'll take Benkovic back the other way. Then both teams are happy. They get the player. He gets to play in the Premier League for a manager that he knows and's played well for. We get a centre back who we know what he can do. And then we don't. We only have to go and sign one or two more centre backs instead of having to get like four of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that idea. I think I think on the just on the quickly on the Newcastle thing. I think Newcastle is one of those English teams that are historically massive, but in recent years have been suffering. Same way West Ham, um, Everton, I guess. So I I think if I went to one of those teams, I could see that happening as well. I'll, I'll Part give of you. Their... I'll give you my whole opinion on Newcastle. How are the lads, Geordie Shaw? That's pretty much it. <laughs> They're all just that's pretty much Geordie, like. It's a whole nother. <laughs> that's, when, that's your knowledge of Newcastle. I, <laughs> other than talking to the guys at the Tyneside CSC, which I have there, which are a great bunch of, of teams there, <laughs> I've got very little knowledge of them other than seeing that Hawaii the lads thing on the, on you know, St. James's Park in the tunnel or what's on Geordie Shore. That's it. Like, why would you want to yeah. go there? <laughs> oh, sorry. And the movie Goal. You know, that one back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So, like, standards. It's like whole levels. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. Well, my full extent of knowledge of Newcastle is two anecdotes that I heard, ironically, off the same person on stag nights in Newcastle. One one occasion, one of the boys fell and hit his head on the pavement. So they flagged down a passing taxi and said to the taxi driver, what's the quickest way to the hospital? The driver said, call me a cunt, then he drove off. (laughs) (laughs) And the second time, they were drinking in a pub and they ended up actually, they were actually staying in Sunderland and, uh, but they were drinking in Newcastle, but they went for a pint in this pub in Sunderland at the hotel beforehand and a week and a fight broke out, not involving these guys, involving another crowd. And one of them called the barmaid a stupid, fat, ugly, jordy bitch. Her response was, I'm not a fucking Geordie. (laughs) 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 
so that's Newcastle for you. <laughs> yeah, so I highly doubt I'll end up there. Plus, who'd want Mike Ashley to be their boss? Let's be honest. Yeah, that's the true. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they wish. Story, apparently. <laughs> All right, talking about the Huns and having a laugh. Xander yeah. Clark's goal. What a boy. Get in, son. Fucking get it up him. Yes. Oh. Come on, St. Johnson. Mate, do the double. There's, you know, honestly, there's something dead special. It just, I mean, obviously when the Huns get pumped, but uh, there's something dead special about a goalie scoring a goal. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it doesn't happen often and it's just, it's a joy to watch. <laughs> Ian's got some well, as a goalie who didn't score as often as he should in his younger days, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was definitely very, very sweet to watch. It was. The, it best, was. the best thing to it all, though, was the reaction from Xander Clark's brother. I don't know if you saw the tweet that he put out. He's like a massive Huns fan, right? And he Googled about his brother and he goes, how to legally disown a sibling, put that in a Google search, <laughs> screenshot it, and just tweeted it with the tagged his brother in it on Twitter because of what happened. Oh, that's brilliant. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's been changed back now, but about two o'clock yesterday afternoon, his Wikipedia page had him named as Xander Hunskelper Clark. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I think that's legit. <laughs> Seems legit to me. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, yes. off the back of that goal though, now we've got to get we've had a good laugh. Now to get to the serious thing. Yes. One of three Scottish players who was playing for the Huns after that goal went in dropped some very colourful Fenian Cynics Tuesday language there. And um not a not a word in the media in Scotland. Surprise, surprise. Mm. You know, Rangers are all anyone, everyone, social media blackouts. No, they're all against racism suddenly, but, you know, bigotry and anti-Irish racism, nothing to see here. Move along. Throw to you first, Liam. Mm. It's time for Liam's rant. <laughs> we need we need, we need a little intro music just for Liam's oh, <laughs> political rants. Yeah. No, this is the thing. It's like... I mean, I, I, I guess I can say pretty much what I want now that it's been made official that sectarian um, and anti-Irish racism is now completely legal in Scotland, apparently, you know, because uh, they never, ever act on it. You know, if you really want to tackle this problem, you have to acknowledge. Now, I've got to qualify what I'm going to say here. All over the world in the past year, there's been the whole Black Lives Matter movement, right? There's been the whole George Floyd thing last week, and that bastard got locked up as he should have been. Good. Uh, the guy that killed him, I mean. Um, and, uh, you know, rightly, a lot of... It's meant that a lot of the attention has been focused on racism against black people, because that will always be certainly in America and probably in England as well, the worst type of racism that you see. But it does not mean that other forms of racism do not exist. And this is the problem in Scotland. You have rangers are given free reign by the media to jump on this bandwagon 
of let's take a stand against racism because one of their players got racially abused. Yet thousands of their fans racially abuse us on a weekly basis and absolutely not a word is said about it. That is the great inequality of Scotland. And it goes beyond just football. Scotland is in a, in a in complete denial from the smallest level right up to the top of the government that anti-Irish racism even exists in, the, in this country. And it does. And it's an absolute disgrace. And whilst racism against black people is historically a much bigger problem, on a day-to-day basis in Scotland, I think anti-Irish racism probably happens more than any other type of racism because it's become so ingrained and so casual and so freely dismissed as, oh, you're just a paranoid Fenian or you're an uppity Fenian or you're a, 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 a Teg who doesn't know his place, you know? I've, I've had all those things said to me at different times when I was growing up. And it was all just, except it's like, well, it's Glasgow. That's that's just how it is. I mean, does anybody, you know, if in London, if a black guy was told, oh, shut up and know your place, would he accept it? Damn right he wouldn't. So why should we? It's an absolute disgrace. And as usual, the most common place for it to manifest is at Rangers during a football match. Because Rangers are the cultural epicenter of this fucking underclass that plagues all of Scotland. When Rangers died in 2012, I genuinely hoped there was a chance to clean that out. A chance for them to say, right, we're going to start again, and that shit is no longer welcome. But no, they made it clear from day one they were going to chase the bigoted pound. They were quite happy to wear their orange strips, quite happy to have people fucking flying Northern Irish flags and singing bloody all manner of filth and do absolutely nothing about it and get completely triggered and uppity and fucking two-faced about it the minute anybody says a word against them. And I, for one, I'm just sick of it. Absolutely sick of it. But what do you think, guys? Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly. Um, I think there's so many things you said there that just resonated with myself, to be honest. Now, quite obviously, I grew up in England and I've got a quite uh, South English accent. Um, But the second that even white English people found out that I had Scottish but Irish heritage, that was used as a slur against me. So it's 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 not just Scotland; it's throughout Britain, uh, the the anti-Irish rhetoric. It's 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 such an acceptable form of bigotry within the British Isles, such an accepted form. And you tend to find that those that deal with racial discrimination very clearly understand how um, wrong it is and how apparent. It is across the British Isles. One of my best friends is South African, Black South African. And he was always much more aware of others, uh, uh, people around growing up, you know, teachers, um, bosses saying 
similar things, but not racially discriminating, but but um, sectarian stuff in England and then also in Scotland. They they, they saw it and they can recognise it. So which which is why we have which is why I think a lot of Irish people or people with Irish culture understand racism and, and we're so um, supportive of getting it to fuck basically. I think I think the words that we use with sectarianism in Scotland. A lot of it, I mean, it's intent. It's how you use the words, right? For me, anyway. This is this is purely my opinion, right? Um, I have no problem with being called a Fenian. I am a Fenian. Um, I have no problem with someone who's a Protestant also referring to me as a Fenian or themselves as a Fenian. We know historically that Fenians were both Protestant and Catholics. It was a movement rather than a, than a religion. If you use that word as a slur, that's when it becomes bigoted. And that goes the opposite way. The word hun, we all use it regularly because there's a history behind that of being used marauding huns or whatever you believe is the, the urban myth. If you use that word as a slur, then it becomes bigoted. And to me, that's the same as calling someone an orange bastard. I don't mm. like the fucking orange order. They, they are, they, their history and the, their culture is being quite proud about killing Catholics. So you're a bastard in my opinion. And you happen to be a member of the Orange Order, so you're an orange bastard. It's not a slur, it's a matter of fact. So the intent is very important in the conversation. The way, the intent that McGregor used those words was only as a slur, just a fact. And that has to be identified and completely just gotten rid of within Scottish society. Not Scottish football, because it's a societal issue. that's That's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. I'll just agree with everything both of you have said and leave it there because nothing I can add will come close to what you guys even said. So, well said, boys. There's no place for it. Anyone who is racist, bigoted, sexist, any of that, there's no place for it at all in this society. So, I wish McGregor would be up for some... uh, but it should be ten, six to ten games, sort of thing. But you know, it's not going to never happen. happening. It's not happening. Yeah. So, but at the end of the day, that's that's the least of it. All I hope is that the uh, St Johnson cameraman who was abused, that him and his family didn't, you know, haven't copped, haven't copped too much on social media or anything like that, and you know they can get on with their lives in the best way possible because taking the issue of what was said out of it. That's someone there who's been racially vilified and copped open bigotry in front of a population who's not going to do anything. So I hope him and his family are okay. And, yeah, I hope the Saints go all the way now just as a, as a get it up years and they do the double. Yes. Yeah. I mean, out with what we're talking about just now, I do hope St. Johnson go all the way. Cause how good would that be for them to get the cup doubles? That would just be brilliant. Imagine seeing, yeah. when did you ever think you'd see that in your lifetime? Nah, nah, definitely not. You know, just on a final note on this though. Now, I am on record as saying I support Glenn Kamara 100% and I believe that he was racially abused that night by that Slavia Prague player, right? But just purely taking emotion, taking how he reacted, taking what you think and what you believe out of it. There is documentary evidence of Al McGregor using racist language. 
there is no actual documented audio evidence of what that Slavia Prague player did, even though we all know he did it. Mm. Yet, 10-game ban, nothing. Because it's accepted bigotry. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just let that simmer for a little bit, everyone. It's accepted and it's there's no place for it. But, yeah. Well, clearly there is a place for it and that place is called Ibrox. But anyway. Yeah. 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 <sighs> well said. <laughs> All right. So we'll right. preview the... Uh, Glasgow Derby on Sunday. Speaking of shit houses, <laughs> here we fucking go. <laughs> Glasgow Derby. Now, I have a couple of questions oh. for you, and then we'll just bounce around the room again. So, will James Forrest return and make a big impact? What do you reckon, John? <laughs> I, you know, I I said to myself when I was before I came on today, I thought, look. The season's gone. Everything's gone. Fuck it. Let's just try and be as positive as possible. So I'm going to say yes. He's going to come back and he's going to score. But how many are they going to score? That's look on your faces, Mason. He may score one, but they're going to score seven. Uh, and six yeah. of them will be penalties. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me, do you, do you believe, do you really believe what you just said there? <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. Do you believe but, in yeah. Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in miracles? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's hope so. Because uh, we, we all noticed when he came, when he's come back recently, it helps the shape of Celtic. So, and it's because we having actual fucking wingers play on the wings actually helps the shape of the team. Shock. Funny that. So, Funny. Yeah. Fucking hurt! Fucking absolute, egg. yeah, revelation. All right, and I'll throw the next question over to you, Liam. Will Bruni dominate in his last Glasgow derby? I think he'll hurt a few people. That's for sure. <laughs> Don't know if he'll dominate, but he'll certainly take a few of them down with him. He'll settle a few scores. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bruni will go on a high. I reckon whether we win or lose, I think Bruni will be our best player on the park on the day because he's not going to want to let them go quietly. And what do you, this is for both of you, what do you think we're going to see in the game in terms of are we going to see red cards? Are we going to see penalties? Are we going to see the Scottish Freemasons Association and their referee best buddies make sure that this Invincible League season is still on the go? Or is it actually going to be a decent game and, you know, we might actually do something? Yeah. I mean, just point of order, the invincible season, the bar had been previously set. So anything below that is not a fucking invincible season, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, they will. the refs will do anything they possibly can to stop that. Um, I think it's, I am being optimistic. I think we're going to win 2-1. I think everyone's going to be fucking up for it. Everyone's going to play well. Edward's going to want to play well in his last um, Glasgow Derby game. Um, yeah, yeah, two one, two one's my prediction. And Liam, well, let's see. The last three games, I've predicted Celtic would win comfortably, and we drew one and lost two. Maybe predict the other way and see what happens. 
for nothing to the Rangers. We are the people. Let's go. Right. <laughs> Fucking sound by that. That needs to go all across the forums. No, no, no. You know what's going to happen? That's going to end up on Rangers Radio, that sound grab right there, Liam. You've just gone and fucked yourself. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. See if those bastards end up winning 4 0. I'm going to myself. No, um. Just go hang out with Pedro and his caravan, um, mate. <laughs> Hang your head and shake. I honestly don't know. I do not know what the score is going to be, and I'm scared to try and guess. I really do not know. I don't even want to guess the score. Oh, you know what I'm going to guess? No. It's, it's going to be this. There's going to be three red cards. Yeah. Two will be our way, and there's going to be a penalty for a dive. They'll dive and they'll get given a penalty if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm saying it's going to be three all. There you go. That's just making something up, but there's going to be cards. It's going to be people are going to be pissed off, early showers. It's going to just, it's going to just be a shit show. So nothing very much ordinary need, other than. We, we definitely need, we definitely need to win. We've been saying that all bloody season, but we definitely, we definitely need to win. It just needs to, a, a draw is not going to cut it. It, it might not mean anything, but we're all going to be, we're all going to feel like it's a loss if it's a draw. I've got another idea. Something else that's going to happen in the game. Just because it, it's a perfect way to just shit us all right off for how bad he's been this season. Ryan Christie is going to smack one in from pretty much the tunnel. Over in the corner, he's just going <laughs> to just belt one in from the car park somewhere. It's going to look like it's going to Rose Z, and then it's going to Roberto Carlos down into the goals. Ah, oh, that would be brilliant. I'd, yeah. And I still hate him all. <laughs> and and, and uh, the crowd there that doesn't exist will go wild. Yeah, yeah, the audio. Uh, and then I'll wake up stuck to my bed sheet as usual. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. At least that's not... I don't know if that'll be a sound grab too, Liam. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well... Well, unless you've got anything else you want to discuss, boys, we'll uh, <laughs> start to wrap this nah. podcast up. We'll let, we'll let Pedro get away. We'll let, him... <laughs> let Pedro get one away. <laughs> the wee man's had a hard shift. <laughs> All right. So last thing we want to do before we end the podcast <laughs> is over the next, next week's podcast is pretty much going to be review the derby. There'll be a couple of news stories. I'm... As you can see, we haven't even discussed the manager situation because I'm kind of sick of banging my head against the wall with nothing changing. So we'll talk about that when something happens. So what we'd like you guys to do would be go on to Twitter, at Celtic Down, and send through your Twitter questions to us for anything that you want us to discuss that happened throughout this season or going into the off-season. Send through some questions like, do you think Ryan Christie will still be at the club next season? No, that's my answer. I'm giving you that now. But other questions, just send them through and we will, you know, we'll get to as many of them as we can on next week's podcast. Yep. And ladies, to answer that question that you're obviously all going to ask, 11 inches on the slack. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucking hell, None of us have been drinking, by the way. This is so bad. This is shocking. 
So we'll leave it there. Um, if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, also, we've got a Facebook page and group. Give them a like and a follow. Instagram and Twitter at Celtic Down. If you want to see what Liam's talking about with, you know, his his articles and whatever else he's up to, go to our website at uh, www.celticdownunder.com. And other than that, get it up here. Go Pedro. How, how? <laughs> how, how? How, how? <laughs>